episode of Four Corners TV and this episode we'll be looking at the new iPhone rival, Microsoft's groundbreaking new photo technology and how we can all see what the world would be like if we were in charge. I'm joined today by James Miles, Hello. William Pash, Hi. Robert Kingscott hey. and our guest today Darren Crosley. Afternoon. Okay then let's get on with the show, we'll go straight into the Gadgets Corner. Gadgets Corner. Okay, in the Gadgets Corner today, um, our first story is about Intel. They've shut off their wireless energy resonant link system. Uh, this is basically, they can transfer e- electricity wirelessly now. So, they showed a demonstration in America where they had a conference and they had a lamp on stage and their system and they lit the lamp. Is that the Mac thing? Where they put stuff on the Mac? Yeah. Oh, okay. so, oh, so the electricity so, so doesn't just wirelessly travel through the air. No, they're generating electricity somewhere else. So does it have to be in yeah. contact with another surface? No. Yeah. So you could hold it above that. So yeah. it's not flying through the air, so no one's going to get electrocuted. No, it's safe. That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> <what I> just... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it seems quite good. And they said that in 2050, they want, they think they'll have everything wireless. 2000, that's quite a way. Uh, it's, it's hardly... This means as well. They, in this conference, they this light bulb they powered they used more power than a laptop battery. So, so they think they're going to go to that energy like loss. Oh, oh, so you mean? Yeah, oh, the, the actual bulb used, the actual more, bulb power. used more power than a laptop battery. So it'll be getting a lot of energy. So, or is no, it just they're just saying. Oh, it's just that particular bulb took a lot of energy. Power. It could power a laptop easily. Oh, okay. So hasn't the technology for wireless energy transfer been around for quite a while though? Yeah, it's been on the news for a while, but um, you can't put your hand on it. Intel have just funded it loads, and they make they want 2050. They want everything wireless, efficiently. Mm-hmm. So quite interesting. But you've still got the problem of house houses still have sockets, so you're going to still be plugging yeah. something in, aren't you? Really? We'll see, see later. We'll move on though to the uh, Palm Geo Pro. This is meant to be the biggest iPhone rival yet. That was from BlackBerry, and. Um, They've released, well, they haven't released it in the US yet, but when they release it, it's going to be SIM free as well. So SIM free? So how, how does that work? Then? As you go. So they're not on any kind of contract or anything. So it still has a SIM card? Yeah, it still has a SIM card. Yeah. But and when it's released in Europe, it'll be locked to O2 and Vodafone. Um, what? You said SIM free? No, in Europe, that is. In the um, US, it'll be SIM free. They might bring it in Europe, SIM free. Um, it's meant to be the biggest iPhone rival, yeah. It's got a 2 megapixel camera, GPS, QWERTY keyboard. But, but it, it runs Windows Mobile. Yeah, it runs Windows Mobile, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Windows does. Um, so. The only cool thing I like about it, it's got a Wi-Fi button on the side, which you just press, it activate Wi-Fi, pick up all the wireless networks, and tell you roughly which one you want to join. So it saves a bit of battery, because you're not always scanning networks. You know what they should have? Little sleep timer off thing. Yeah, they should. Yeah. 
What did they do? Like, a um, sleep so you don't get, like a silent button, basically. There's no phones that have like a button um, that you can press and it won't ring. Oh, so it runs on minimal power. Don't you? Yeah. Being so, it, but then so it kind of goes to sleep instead of Yeah. So it's not turned off. off. It'll turn back on very simply. You have to go through the options well, and choose. On the subject of phones, I'll move on to my next item. The Epoch EGP PP01 is the latest phone from China, which is meant to be the world's first projector phone. And it looks pretty bad, really. Um, you project up to a 30-inch screen on any surface. That's got to kill the battery. Yeah, it has. To, I mean, but it does say two hours of any movie can be projected. But what happens when you want to watch a film that's over two hours? Do you have to plug it into the charger? Or yeah, it's, it can project up to two hours of any film. So if you're watching a film that's over two hours, you're gonna to have to have power. So Lord of the Rings is out. Yeah. Um, it looks okay. You can you can connect external devices like DVD players, monitors, and that, but. Um, that's got to look trendy, isn't it? You know, you've got a little VGA plug on the side of the... Yeah, phone. I don't know what connection it is, actually. Um, yeah. But the thing is, it's a blatant copy of the iPhone. It's, if you look it at the icons really on the screen, similar. and when you know the iPhone has that um, effect, the shutter effect, where you take a picture, yeah. you've seen it with the spiral kind of thing, it copies that, and all the icons on the, it's got all the applications. But yeah, it doesn't look very good. Um... That's from China as well, so I don't think it's readily available in the UK or anything. You might see it in new devices in the future, though. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see lots of projected phones popping up. Okay, well, that's it for the Gadgets Corner. Anyway, I'll move you on to James Miles for the Games Corner. Games Corner. Today in the Games Corner, we're going to look at Spore and Alone in the Dark. First off, we're looking at Spore which is um, kind of like playing God. It's what you would do if you were in control of evolution, kind of based on going around planets, invading, growing a creature from a like single-celled organism to a... Is that, um, is that slightly like a black and white series? It's similar as in the whole running a kind of population yeah. of people, except your population starts off with one single-celled organism, okay. and you've got to build it up into creatures and creatures, and then you reach a point where you control a small amount of these creatures oh, when they okay. get to a certain point. And um, as soon as you reach that, um, it starts building into cities and towns, okay. and then planets. So you actually, your species evolve through the game, do they? Yeah, your species evolves and you get to customise what they look like and their attributes. Okay. Uh, another really good, really good um, idea about this game is that when you create your creature, it gets downloaded to um, Spore to, for other people. So when, say, your creature becomes too good for the predators and stuff that already exist in your world, it'll download some of the predators made by other people. Uh, and implement them into your thing. Didn't they refer to this as being massively single-player online game? Yeah, massively single-player. Oh, it's, it's quite a clever concept. So this is an online game? It's technically not an online game as in you can't see other people. 
but it technically is, as other people make creatures which you can use. Oh, so is it one for the computer or is it for a different console? It's or? for um, computer and Xbox 360. But um, because these are the only two consoles they could physically get it to implement and work correctly on. I wonder if you can turn that option off to download other people's content off your game. I'm not too sure about that. But because if someone yeah. makes like a, some you know amazing creature that populates everyone else's, it's going to just wipe everyone out. They've um, they've virus. done they've kind of done made sure that that can't happen. By those creatures will only appear when you reach the, the level of that creature. So you can come back because when you use the spore creature creator, you just, there's a um, bar at the top which has complexity of the organism. Yeah, and um, the more complex it is, the longer until through evolution it's going to be before you start seeing that creature. Right. But uh, that's the end of Spore. Oh, that's all I can say. And now for Alone in the Dark. Um, Alone in the Dark is like a series of games. Isn't it a horror type game? It's kind of, yeah, it's, a, it's in the horror genre. It's meant, it's got good and bad reviews kind of things because... The gameplay itself is quite terrible, terrible, really. <laughs> but um, well, I was, the I was expecting big things in this game. I saw it. Yeah, I think a lot of people were. But um, damage system and yeah, it's meant to be good. But but they've kind of screwed up a lot of it by like instead of tweaking it at the end, they kind of just pushed it straight to the shelves because they think, oh yeah, it should, it should be okay now. They're trying to get off the reputation of the previous yeah. series. Yeah, that's pretty much what they were trying to do. Um, but yeah, the as I was saying, the uh, fire in the game is meant to be really, really quite top notch. Mm. But it really, because there's so much of it, it can't really be called alone in the dark because it kind of everywhere's light lit up, usually by fire. But um, well, hopefully the PC version if there is one will have some patches for. Yeah, um, that's likely to happen if enough people complain about them. But um, yeah, the uh, also the fact that when you look, your inventory in the game is rather small. It's inside uh, your jacket. And, yeah, well, yeah, that's fair enough. But because obviously it's like going usually go through games and have an infinitely huge inventory. Yeah, you wonder how people carry around like ten thousand swords yeah. and don't have anything visible. Um, yeah, in this one you've got I don't know, I don't know, like eight or twelve slot inventory or something like that. Um, but you can't. But when you access this inventory, the game doesn't pause itself. So you barely, so anything you're trying to get anything out you're trying to get out for usually hits you before you can bother. That's terrible. Right? Yeah, that's real bad. Real, real, real bad, bad feature in the game. Yeah, and uh, that's all from the game corner this week. On to Will for the Internet Corner. Internet Corner. Okay, so first on the Internet Corner is Glassdoor.com, which what it is, is you sign up on the internet and you put in your employer and your current salary. What it then does is it lets you compare to other people in your, you know, employed so that you can see whether you're getting a good amount of pay for your job and how much more people above you are getting paid and stuff like that. I wonder if that's 
Is that is that completely legal? I mean, I suppose you're putting it in yourself, your details. But yeah. And it's completely anonymous, so. I oh, I see. Right. So you can't see exactly who's getting paid what. Yeah, you can't so see who's getting paid what, just what other people are getting paid. Well, how do you know their positions? Because I suppose you'll probably put that on the site as well. Well, the value of their role would be a good indicator. Yeah. Yeah, but then if the role isn't put in... Well, I think the thing is, is that if there's more than one person in a role, say there's like 10 directors of a business, the it probably just says director of this business. You don't know which one. Yeah. They'll probably end up getting paid more. So if you can see who the employers are, does that mean you could tell if people in the same workplace as you with the same job are getting paid more or less than you? Exactly. That's what? fair enough. Why? Well, it's, I guess it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's sort of curiosity. A lot of people like to know whether people who do the same job are getting paid more or less. In different companies. I wonder if it... Why if don't it, you just ask? Because a lot of people aren't a lot of people don't like to be open with their salary. It's quite you've, got to get, you've got to get the number of people, though, to yeah. use the service, haven't you? But also, you don't, there's also the fact that you don't know every, what skill level these people are at. You can't tell whether they're a higher skill level than you. Yeah, it could be that they're doing a much better job of it. They could get yeah. bonuses for it. Getting lots of bonuses. I went, I went onto the site. Um, it's, it's only US at the minute, though, isn't it? It's not yeah, in the UK it's yet. not available here yet. But I think it's... I think it'll be hard to catch on then. I think what it needs is someone big to use it. Someone like the prime, you know, prime minister or someone. Just to think, <laughs> someone in government, just some high up people, just say, "Oh, it's my salary." So people are like, oh. Well, anyway, moving on. Next thing is Photosynth, which is uh, free to use thing on the internet. Well, I think you can get free trials. I think that's I like this paid version. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. free. Yeah. Essentially, what you do is take a series of pictures from a room or a location, put them into the site, and it uses textures and edges and builds a 3D model of what you've been taking a photo of. Yeah, I've been on the site and it does look good. Yeah. We tried it out, didn't we? Yeah. It, it almost worked. It almost <laughs> worked. I don't know whether it's going to work that. Mm. It still needs some tweaking. I think it's... But then we didn't take as many pictures as they recommended. No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah it probably the high, the quality will improve depending on how many pictures yeah. you do take yeah. of your room. And you're using a very high quality camera. It's in beta testing though, isn't it? So it's yeah. not it's not a fully released source yet, it's just completely beta. Um once you've got the photos, because you've taken them from different angles and it meshes them together, you can then view objects in 3D space from the photos, which is quite a clever thing. I saw another thing is that you can actually people from all around the world can share photos make a scene That's quite quite true, yeah. so that everyone can just be at an event like say an outdoor event yeah like a festival yeah or a... and then everyone sends in their pictures to the server if it automatically places them all in a three scene you're going to end up with a massive picture i have found one problem with the service though. there's no manual override you can't position pictures manually yourself so yeah it messes it's all up reliant on them their programming working yeah. exactly and quite a lot of the time, it didn't actually fit the pictures in. No, they just, just put them as separate. So overall, do you reckon this all is going to um, improve to a point where they could use loads of people could take photos of certain scenes and stuff, or um, for like good movie shots and stuff? They could implement them, put them together, and create some scene for a film to be shot at. I don't think it's really aimed at the professional market, but 
it, it could they could someone could you know, kind of upgrade the yeah. um, software. There's quite a few computing technologies already out there. Yeah, it does sound like it's improving quite a lot though. Um, well, that's about it for the internet corner. Moving on to roll to the films corner. Hello and welcome to the Film Corner. This week we've got a couple of films in store for you. First one being Death Race. Death Race got a couple of big names in it, Jason Statham being one. He's in films such as Snatch and The Bank Job. Also in there's Joan Allen. She's from the uh, Bourne series, Professor Langley in that one. Um, This film's being released on the 26th of September, so only about a month away. It looks quite good, actually. It's about an ex-con that's played by Jason Statham. He's uh, in prison and forced by the warden, that's Alan, um, to compete in uh, the most popular sport, a car race, in which the inmates of the prison have to kill one another right. on the road in these cars okay. in order to uh, get their freedom. So basically, the yeah the idea of it is the cars are you know they have machine guns on top of them they're all metal bulletproof. So I'm saying there's no rules in these races. Yeah, it's ba yeah basically free the yeah free for all. They they just aim is to kill each other, be the last one man standing basically. Yeah. And if you're the last man standing, you know you get out. You know you you get your freedom. Okay. So this film just follows this one person. One guy in prison. Get out. Yeah, he's the main guy, and then they see him as a good driver. The warden notices him, and then gets him to race, yeah. and there the uh, film unfolds. I hope this is a good film. Yeah, it looks it by the trailer. I hope it doesn't let lay it down when it comes out. Yeah, it's like Need for Speed. Trailers for that but with cars. They, they look guns. really good, but the films guns. And you cars. get a bit bored. Our second film today is The Mummy: Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. This film's coming out on the 6th of August, so that's already out. <laughs> <laughs> this film came coming out seven weeks ago. <laughs> research is very important here at Four Corners TV. This film was going to be remember. released three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sequel to The, uh, the Mummy Returns, which was a sequel to The Mummy, and again stars Brendan Fraser, main character in this. Yeah. Brennan Fraser's also been in things such as George of the Jungle and Journey to the Central of the Earth. George of the Jungle? Was that a hit film? I can't remember that. I don't you I don't remember that? that? No. Yeah. George, George, George of the Jungle, watch out for that tree. Yeah. I remember that. No? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, anyway, yeah, it's got him in there. Also, Jet Li from films such as Hero and Fearless. And... Uh, Unlike the other two, doesn't involve the Egyptian theme. This one, oh, the Dragon Emperor, is set in China in the Far East, and uh, it, Emperor Quinn, played by Jet Li, there is unearthed. This was uh, him and his soldiers, which were buried underground. Right, so same, same kind of old story. Then. Same kind of story, yeah. but different mummy this time. Yeah, yeah, and then him and his whole army come to life, and then the whole film explodes into life. You know, seems pretty good, a good sequel. It's going to be a blockbuster because it's got the Hollywood funding and everything. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Quite a bit of adventure in that. And that brings us to the end of Film Corner this week. 
So I'll hand you back to Ash. Here we go. Okay, this is the part of the show where we read out any emails you've got sent to us. Rob, do you want to do the honours on the first email? First email, yes, and the only email this week, unfortunately, but it's still our first email, pretty good. This one says, hey, I've just listened to the show and think it's great potential. Pretty good first episode. I would say there's a little bit of rambling on in certain parts during discussions, which could be cut out. That would make the show a little shorter and probably more enjoyable. In terms of the content, I think it's very interesting. I'm now hoping to see Tropic Thunder, as it sounds awesome. The green button also sounds interesting, although I agree with Rob in the sense you probably won't save £50 a year. A good idea, though. In all, I enjoyed the show and should tune in again next week. Cheers, guys. That's from Simon in London. OK, thanks, Simon. Well, if you've got any questions or comments, just email us at fourcornerstv at googlemail.com and we'll be happy to read them out and answer them on the podcast. If you want to hear more about the subjects in this podcast, then listen to our new podcast, Four Corners, The Fifth Corner. Check it out on the site at www.fourcornerstv.co.nr. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. See ya.